everyone should be in therapy at least once in their life. <laughs> it is so, it's such a powerful experience to, to go through. Um, I've been through it myself more than once in my life for various things. And, and it is, it's so important because this is you seeking a professional who is a third party has no emotional attachment, has no emotional enmeshment in your life, doesn't know where you're coming from, is only looking at what you're bringing to them and is looking at the situation that you're bringing to them and is taking in the, the information from you, but also your body language, your how you're carrying yourself that day. And this is, again, it's a third party. So when a third party is reflecting back at you, this is what I'm noticing and here are the things that I'm seeing. Maybe we should explore this. It's in, it can sometimes open up your mind and your view on what's happening and where you're going and give you some really powerful and incredible insight into the things that you were probably already thinking of anyways. You just really weren't sure where to go and how to go about that. And then they can also give you tools. Mm. And kind of help lay out a plan for you that's going to work, that's going to make sense, that's going to be beneficial to you whenever you decide to enact it. You're listening to the She Is Fierce podcast. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce, a global women's network that elevates women's stories and gives you the tools and connections you need to live on purpose. On our podcast, you'll hear the inspiring stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who have overcome challenges and built purpose-filled lives. And you'll get a behind-the-scenes look at my mission-driven business and learn how to brand and grow your own. Welcome back. I am delighted to be here with a new friend of mine and a past She Is Fierce Summit panelist and an expert in mental health, Valerie Duquette. Valerie is the director of the Crisis Assessment Intervention and Referral Center with our local health partners, Flagler Health Plus. She's a Miami native who attended Florida International University, where she earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in social work and discovered her passion for the behavioral health field. Her early career in the emergency room highlighted a critical need for dedicated mental health professionals. And more recently, she helped create and launch the Flagler Health Plus CAIR Center, Care Center. So Valerie, first of all, thank you so much for joining us and being here with me today. Well, thank you, Kelly. I'm appreciative of the opportunity to do this. And, you know, as we've spoken many times, I always welcome the opportunity to speak about uh, behavioral health and the importance that mental health plays in our everyday life and to talk about it from a wellness perspective and to really get people um, on board and give them as many tips and tricks as we possibly can. Well, as I shared, you have spoken on our stage before. And every time we have a conversation, I walk away with these little beautiful nuggets and things that I take away and I think about and really um, perspective on what mental health looks like in different situations. So what I thought we could kind of explore today is that bigger picture around wellness and mental health. 
So I think that, um, and we'll get into this more deeply, but I think that one of the things we think of often with mental health is like crisis or you're good, right? We don't put it on a spectrum. And I love how you kind of view things from a, a spectrum perspective. But before we get into that, I want to ask you to share a little bit about yourself. You know, we love at Sphere's to elevate women's stories. And you have a really interesting story of how you got into what you're doing and how you have kind of learned to thrive in that space. So can I ask you to share your journey into where you are now? Absolutely. Um, I struggled for a while with what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I actually did not return to school, to college, until I was in my 30s. Um, I spent a lot of time just having jobs and I just worked and there was nothing wrong with that and I was happy and thriving and was able to be independent and live on my own and do all the things that somebody in there, you know, a young person in their, their 20s should be doing. And I had gotten to a point where I was working in a business setting and I realized that if I wanted to advance anymore that I was going to need a degree of some sort. So I went back to school. And in doing so, uh, one of the very first things that they asked us to do was to actually take a career assessment, which sounds really silly and antiquated. And, you know, do we even really do those anymore? Yes, we do. And they are actually very, very good and can provide you with a lot of insight that you wouldn't have realized. Mm. So my results came back as what I was doing at the time, which was a business generic setting and social work. And I thought that was really interesting because I had never thought of myself as being in that field. So I took those results and I shopped it around to my friends and family and people who've known me for many, many years and they all overwhelmingly, resoundingly said, yes, you need to do that. Um, you absolutely, that's the perfect place for you to be. So I pursued it. Uh, through my education at Florida International University, I had incredible support from my instructors and my advisors and when it came time to do field work and to do actual real life internships, one of my advisors pushed me to do behavioral health. And I said, nope, I don't wanna do it. And she argued with me for a while and she won. And I went and walked in the first day and I've never left. Um, it was the most incredible experience to meet these folks, to meet the people who are working with folks who have severe and persistent mental illness because it was an inpatient crisis unit. So it really was, really sick folks and people who were really at the height of their of their need but it was a great experience and it was an incredible learning experience to see these folks who are creative and and intelligent and loving and compassionate and have so much to give to the world and they just have these hiccups every once in a while in their road and in their journey and they need some extra help and support and to be a part of that has been really powerful um, for me. And I, like you said, I have worked in, when I graduated, I knew that I needed to continue to stay in behavioral health. And I actually started working in a hospital setting, in an emergency setting. And we were not a facility that provided behavioral health. So I became the behavioral health person for that hospital. And I fought and fought and fought and carved out a niche for myself in the emergency room. Um, and I was able to educate a lot of the ER physicians. I was able to really help those folks through the transition when they needed to receive a higher level of care. And it wasn't going to be where we were, but we needed to help them get there. 
And I did that for, for so many years and forged so many relationships that I really saw the power of being able to stand up for what you believe in and really just keep moving forward. So when I relocated to St. Augustine, um, I came to work at Flagler and I have been here ever since. And Flagler is such an amazing, supportive organization for behavioral health and for the needs of this community. So through my work here in the emergency room with behavioral health, to our inpatient unit here, to now the new care center that I was had an idea and somebody said, put it on paper and I did. And I got the support of the, the administration and the organization and we went for it. And now it's, it's open and realized and we're really able to really help people and to reach them in a way that is a little less stressful and intimidating than showing up in an emergency room mm -hmm. because that environment is not always welcoming to folks who are having something other than an actual medical crisis, yeah. a medical emergency. All right. So, you know, I love your story and I love it for a number of reasons. Um, but one of them is the, I, and I'm fascinated by this because I think knowing you, you seem so strong and so certain and clear in your mission. And I am, I'm genuinely fascinated by your willingness to look outside of yourself. And I think so often women, everybody, everybody in the whole world, we go, we have to figure it out ourselves, right? We have to have an internal dialogue and figure out what we're all about. And we forget that we have people that know us. And I yeah. love that part of your story is actually looking out into the world to people that you care about, right? Not, not anybody's opinion, but the people that you care about, the people that know you well and really asking them for their advice and that you were able to kind of have that reflection back on you, right? Like a mirror back to say, yes, uh, like, duh, this is clearly oh, yeah. something you're great at. It was, and it was a resounding yes. Yeah. Like I was shocked and it really <laughs> took me back. Like, really, this is what I should have been doing with all my time and my energy all this time. But it was very powerful to have people who have known me, you know, not just my immediate family, but cousins and friends that I've had since I was in elementary school. And I mean, I didn't, I, there was not a person that was in my life at the time that I didn't say, what do you think about this? Because yeah. I really didn't believe that it was something at the time that was possible. I thought there's no way, there's no way I could do this. That's not me. I don't, I don't, I can't help other people. And the more that I heard from all of these various people in my life, the more I thought, okay, well, I need to at least give it a shot. It needs to be something that I try. I can't, I can't just ignore the fact that all of these folks <laughs> have seen this in me. So why am I not seeing it for myself? And no. I think that's really, really important. Like you said, Kelly, as women, we do that all the time. You know, we're always trying to figure it out ourselves and, and we're not always willing to reach out and and get the information and get the feedback because it's not sometimes always comfortable and it's also not sometimes what we expect or what we think is going to be the feedback but it's important mm -hmm. and what you choose to do with it is ultimately going to be up to you but the feedback from the people who really know you and who care for you and who are want the best for you is is the most important feedback outside of what your own thoughts and feelings are yeah well okay so not only do, am i inspired by that on my own right because i'm always like i can figure this out Ugh, i don't need to ask anybody and so i love your story but also i think it is such a beautiful 
a way of framing the fact that what you ended up doing is something that is being of service, right? So being a mirror back to people who are, like we talked about, on that spectrum, whether they are in crisis or whether they are simply dealing with some kind of mental health issue and, and looking for support. And clearly, you are passionate about that. As I mentioned in your introduction, you actually came up with this idea, like you said, put it down on paper, and you brought the care center to life. So can you share a little bit more about what you do at Flagler Health Plus and what the care center is? Absolutely. Um, we are so incredibly proud of this program and so incredibly proud of the impact that we're making on the community with this. Working in an emergency setting, working in our inpatient crisis unit, you get to see where the needs are and where the gaps are in your local community. And I was very fortunate to be a part of that and to be a part of a great community collaborative with our partners and everyone else where we talked about these issues and we talked about what can we do and how can we fix this. Mm -hmm. And I had an idea one day, um, you know, we needed to bridge the gap in service. The emergency room is an emergency room and it serves a purpose and it is there and it is wonderful and they are great at what they do. But for someone who is overstimulated and overwhelmed and really struggling to contain their emotional and mental stability, it might not be the best situation yeah. for them. You walk into an emergency room, it's loud, it's chaotic, it's... There's a lot of stimulation going on. There's a lot of noise. There's people going everywhere. There's, it's, it can be very busy. You can wait for quite a long time sometimes. And if, if you're not having a medical, medical emergency, then chances are you're probably going to get bumped by the people who are coming in after you that are. But I'm leaving. So that, that in itself can be frustrating. And then to go through the whole process, you wait it all out. You speak to someone for them to tell you that this isn't where we're going to be able to help you. You're going to now have to seek outside service help can be frustrating. Yeah. And then even the people who take that and they make the phone calls and they do their due diligence and try then to hit another brick wall of saying, well, it's going to be X number of weeks or this many more days before we can get you in to see someone just continues to exacerbate what's already going on. Crisis looks different to everyone. I say that almost on a daily basis to everybody. I'm like a broken record. But crisis truly looks different to everyone. Somebody's idea of crisis is not necessarily going to be the next person's idea of crisis. But there is no wrong to that. Whatever it is you're feeling, if you feel that it is to the point where it is affecting your ability to get through the day and it is something that is weighing on you, then it's a crisis for you. And you should be able to find a place where you can go and get connected with the services that you need. Mm. So we started this, this care center and what we provide here is assessment and intervention and connection for folks. So when people come in, we do a very thorough assessment. We want to know everything and anything that's going on in your life because it, even though you might not think of that you know the dog ran away yesterday for an hour and you couldn't find them that it didn't affect what what else was already going on with you it probably did in oh. some way 
And so nothing is, nothing should be taken for granted. So we do a very thorough assessment for folks and see where they're at and what their needs are. And if we can't provide you with a solution, we will connect you with resources that can. And we will just keep working until we've got you connected with everything. We're also providing short-term interventions for folks. So we're bridging that gap between here's when you show up and here's when you're actually gonna get seen. So we have counselors on site and we have care coordinators on site and we kind of match people up based on their need and their level of need. And we can see you in that interim until you're fully connected. We wanna make sure that we've wrapped around every possible service that we can for you. And so we work very closely with our partner here, um, organization within the Flagler Health Plus family of Care Connect because uh, they look at the social determinants of health, all those little things that people don't realize that can really truly add to the stress and the anxiety of yeah. what's going on in your life. Um, transportation issues, food issues, are you having a financial crisis right now? Is Did somebody in the family and in the household also get sick? And that's another responsibility that you have to take on. All of those little things all kind of work together. I mean, there is nothing happens on an island, nothing happens by itself. Everything is interconnected. Your physical health, your mental health, your family's health, your safety and stability, your work life. I mean, all of it is everything that we deal with all day, all the time. And it all has kind of, it, it all affects and it's all interconnected. So we want to make sure that we're addressing as much as we possibly can for folks in a safe, calm, serene environment oh. where it's not, you know, people screaming in pain and lots of bells and whistles going off and, you know, where they feel like they, they're welcomed and that they really feel like they can relax for a moment and really figure out, let us help you figure out what it is that you need. Mm. Well, I mean, I... So admire the mission. I admire also like your entrepreneurial spirit within an organization. Because I know every once in a while, someone that has not been a part of She Is Fierce for a long time, they'll say, well, you, you have so many entrepreneurs. It's for entrepreneurs. And I, I always say like, not, yes, 100%. We have tons of resources for entrepreneurs. But also it's for anybody who has like a dream, a vision, what, wherever you are, right? Whether that's working in a nonprofit, working in a company and bringing a specific vision to life, something that is meaningful to you. And I think you're a perfect example of somebody who had a vision, something that really mattered to you, and you worked to bring that to life within a larger organization, which sometimes is harder, right? It is difficult. And thank you for saying that because I don't think of myself in that in that light. But um, yeah, it's it, it can be challenging for sure, because in a larger organization, there are definitely hierarchies. There's definitely chains of command. There are ways you have to go about doing things. But you also never know who's listening and you never know who is really going to buy into what you believe in. And I truly believe that as long as you are working from a place of honesty and you live in that honesty and everything that you do is from that place of authenticity, there is, you're, you're going to find your people. There, the roadblocks, the obstacles will get moved at some point. You just have to keep going until you find those folks. Mm -hmm. And people can tell when you're really being true to yourself and to what you want and your beliefs. And when somebody sees that and they agree with the idea and they really think that, that you have that you have something, they will support it. So please don't ever give up anyone who has an idea and who thinks they can make a difference. Don't give up. You will eventually find some. Take every opportunity that you possibly can to talk about it and to talk about what you're trying to do. 
with everyone and anyone that will listen because somebody is going to latch on to that and it's going to snowball from there. Yeah. Um, once, once we got this and we got the support and I knew that I had people behind me that were going to be helpful, it really moved very quickly. Um, and it's been a whirlwind, but it's been so great and we're so happy to be open and, and working and, and really, really making a difference for the community. Well, I, um, I am thrilled to see everything you've built and uh, I feel lucky because I've, I've gotten to see a little bit of the journey from the outside, right? As it has grown and as I've heard people that I'm friends with get to experience that or be a part of helping it to grow. So um, let's talk about that deeper piece and the reason that this all came to be, right? So um, you shared, and I talked a little bit about mental health as the spectrum, and you shared beautifully, uh, crisis is different, looks different for everybody. So one of the things that I know I've heard you talk about before is the fact that everybody goes through some kind of mental health I'm going to say crisis. It's not always a crisis in the sense of I need to go to a center and get help, but they go through something that is very challenging where support or resources or access to, uh, you know, a listening ear or uh, an expert in a field would be really meaningful. Not everybody gets that help, but everybody goes through something. So would you be kind enough to share what that looks like for you as you're living that out every day? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I can share something that's been recent in my life um, that's been very powerful for me is my father was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer four years ago, and we just lost him six weeks ago um, after a very, very challenging and difficult and, and wonderful journey because we were able to have four years, which is not something that everybody gets. And we've learned a lot about ourselves and us as a family and you know, there's been so many components to it, but it's hard sometimes to step out of, of your own self and say, I'm struggling. Yeah. And those last couple of months and those last couple of weeks for me personally were very challenging. And I struggled a lot. I struggled with how I was feeling about it, how I was processing things and, and, um, you know, I was still trying to fulfill all of my obligations and do everything that I needed to do because I also knew that he would never have wanted me to stop living and doing all of that. But it's hard sometimes to recognize in yourself that, hey, hold on, I'm not, today's not a good day. You know, today is really not a good day and this is, this is not good. And I had to stop at one point and I realized, and I had shared this with you before that we were in the hospital and there were so many things going and, and then we, we were home with hospice and we had so much happening in those last couple of weeks that I, I took a minute. I was where my sister and I were taking turns living with my mom and my dad and our caregivers that were there to kind of be there. And it was like the third or fourth day of that. And I hadn't been home and I hadn't, I, I was living in gym clothes and I was trying to work remotely from there and just all of these things that I had a minute where I literally said, I, I need to go for a run. I need to do something. I, I need to, I just need a minute. And I realized when I left the house and I went for the run in the neighborhood that I hadn't done anything like that for myself in over two weeks. Like mm -hmm. it had really been a full solid 14 days. I hadn't done anything. I hadn't watched a TV show. I hadn't, 
you know, had a cup of tea. I hadn't done any of the, the little things that I would do for myself anyways that are part of my routine, that are important to me, that kind of help to ground me and balance me on a regular basis. I hadn't done any of it. And I took that and because I needed it. And I knew that I finally was able to see. And when I did that and I came back and I shared that with my family and I said, listen, I, you know, I'm going to need to do this every couple of days. I'm going to need to do something yeah. every couple of days. And I really want you all to do something also. Like I, even if you just go to the grocery store, take five minutes and step away from the situation as it is right now. Because we are, we're operating at a vibrating level of constant emotion and, and just anxiety and hypervigilance. And it's not good for any of us. And it takes sometimes, you know, like a jolt really to bring yourself out of that. And I think we all want to be everything to everyone all the time. And that's, that's really great. And it's wonderful. And, and there are days where you're going to be able to do that. But there are also days where you need to be a little bit selfish and say, I need, I need five minutes. I need an hour. I need to go to the gym. I need to go for a run. I need to take a bath. I just, I need silence for 10 minutes um, just to kind of reset yourself and to check in and make sure that you're okay and that there isn't something else that you might have to reach outside of yourself and ask for. Yeah. You might have to say, I'm not doing so great right now and I need somebody. And you just kind of go from there. But it, it, it really did take me a minute. And even doing this all the time and, you know, all of, all of the things that I know and all the tools that I have at my disposal, I even get caught up in that uh, in my own life. And it takes, it takes a minute. And when you have that realization moment, you really need to act upon that. It's just so important to, mm -hmm. to maintain your own health and wellness. Well, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story. And you know I've said this before, but I'm so sorry about your father. Um, but I am grateful that you are willing to share because I think when often we hear people talk about mental health, as we said before, it could either be about a crisis or maybe as a joke, right? Or um, really not with context, not with the reality that every single one of us is going through maybe day-to-day -day consistent struggles that are creating like an underlying level of stress or maybe really big moments in our lives that are not extended periods of time but are really challenging, right? And I'm grateful that you are also willing to share, like as somebody who's a leader in the space who has all this experience, hey, that doesn't take away that things can be hard, right? And the fact that we just have to sometimes acknowledge it right in order to Absolutely. move forward there there is nothing wrong and it takes i mean I, I always say to people that it it really takes so much strength and so much power to stand up and raise your hand and say i'm not doing okay today Aww. it doesn't matter for what it doesn't matter for why it doesn't matter who you say it to as long as you say it and get somebody's attention and then let people let people in to help out that's also a struggle i think we all have i mean i can tell you i do for sure that when somebody offers do you want me to cook you dinner tonight 
Do you want me to come clean your house? Like, do you need me to just run to the grocery store for you? Is there anything I can do? That's such a phrase that we all say all the time. Let me know if there's something I can do for you. Mm. We say it all the time. We have to sometimes take advantage of that. And we have to sometimes know that it's okay to do that. And to say, yes, there is something you can do for me today. You can go get me a gallon of milk so that I don't have to spend the five minutes doing that out of my day. Because I have something that's much more important. Or can you pick the kids up? Or can you go take the dog for a walk? Or whatever it is to do. Um, it could be huge things. It could be, you know, helping you to pay for something that wow. you can't afford that month. That's really important. Um, you know, whatever it is, it's, we, we have to get better about, and I think in general, we all just have to get better about acknowledging that we all sometimes need some help and it's okay to reach out. There are people in, in your life that love and support you and that care for you and genuinely want to help and will step up when you ask mm. and you would do the same for them so sometimes i challenge people to kind of put themselves in the opposite role you might be the one that's struggling right now but if you knew that this was happening to your sister or your friend or you know the woman that sits next to you in church every week or you know your coworker that you've known for 15 years and that you go to lunch with every week it doesn't matter who it is if they were in your situation, what would you do to help them? Yeah. What things would you go out of your way to do to help them? They're probably going to do the same things for you. And we also have to kind of stop declining the offers. You know, when somebody notices that maybe you're not having the best day today or that something's not right or, you know, that you're not feeling well and they offer or they just show up with a meal at your door or, you know, they just, they, they bring you something like your favorite cake or they go get you a cookie from the cafeteria because <laughs> they and just drop it off on your desk. Just say thank you. Just say thank you and accept it. You don't have to question the motivation. You don't have to question, oh, what do I, what am I going to have to do to reciprocate now? We just need to say thank you and be grateful that we have those relationships in our lives because they're, they're so important. And well, we so much, so much, we try to hide away and we try to kind of isolate ourselves into this bubble of, you know, I still need my image. I still need that, that outside view that everything's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to also show the cracks. So there's a there's a line in a pink song and I can't remember the pink song so I'm gonna, not going to try to guess. Okay, I like them all. Line. Maybe I can. There is a, a lyric that she has where it says, "Let the cracks show" or something like that because it lets the light in. Oh yeah. And it's so powerful because it really does. It's yeah. the cracks in everything that show you the light. You don't know what the light is necessarily right then and there, but it's so important to let those things into your life. And to let them into whatever it is that's happening at the moment. Yeah. Well, I think that's a powerful message about just being willing, right, to ask for help or if somebody is kind enough to actually recognize a need in you and offer to be willing to engage and not have to keep up an image, but be willing to just say, yeah, that would be that would be great. Now, I know you shared um, when you first got into behavioral health that you had people in your life who were like, okay, great. Like, I'm happy for you that you're learning about this, but don't tell me 
what's wrong with me, right? Because I think a lot of times we frame it as what's wrong. And even if the what's wrong is I'm, you know, I, I have so much going on, I'm overwhelmed, but we see that as a character flaw instead of a thing to handle, if that makes sense. Yeah, so when I was in when I was in school and I was doing my masters and I was doing my internships at the at the psych facility and I was really learning so much. Um, there is a bible that psychiatry goes by that basically has all the diagnoses and all of the symptoms and all the history of it and just everything in there and that's kind of the guidebook mm-hmm. for um, figuring out you know kind of the path for people. And I brought that book home and my mother looked at me and said, "I don't want to know." <laughs> And I said, what are you talking about? She said, I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't want to know. Whatever is in there about me, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. And I was like, okay, hold on. First of all. I just get the biggest kick out of that. (laughs) I'm not trying to diagnose you, mom. (laughs) But second of all, the truth of the matter is, is that, and we've talked about this too, we see on commercials all these advertisements of if you have these symptoms, then here's a medication. Or if you have this, you should talk to your doctor about that. Anyone at any day, depending on the circumstance and how you're feeling and how you woke up and how much sleep you got and did you eat the night before and all of these hundreds of factors can open that book Mm -hmm. and find themselves in there on any given day. Does that mean that that's what you have? No, it doesn't. That just means that that's what's happening with you that day. If you want to know or if you're concerned that you have a diagnosis or you're concerned about the path that you're on or that you need some further evaluation, then seek out the professionals to do that. And it's really important for me for people to understand that it is not an exact science. So it's not like when you go to, and I always kind of compare it a little bit to cardiology, which is probably not a fair comparison, but you know, you can go to a cardiologist and they can run a certain amount of tests and they can tell you, okay, this is this this is what the problem is and this is what we need to work on and here's the medications that we can try for you and here's the procedure that'll work or here's the lifestyle change or whatever. With, with anything that has to do with mental health, it's kind of a fluid thing for a period of time because life happens mm-hmm. and everything affects everything else. So... You can go to your doctor and you can say, I saw this commercial and I have all of those symptoms and I've checked all the boxes, so this is what I have. And they're likely going to be like, well, hold on, let's talk about this some more and let's talk about what's going on. And they may start you on a regimen of something and then continually ask you, how's it going? What else is happening? What's going on? Because it's the ebbs and flow of life that really show us what really are the true symptoms that are consistent that are there that really are the focus of what could possibly be a diagnosis and some people have things that happen and it's situational and then you know you kind of make it through and you go through treatment for a, a small period of time and then you're okay and you go back to kind of your your post crisis you know steady state and that's all right um but a lot of people get frustrated so frustrated when seeking any kind of mental health help because they expect an answer right now, right here. I saw you once. I need an answer. I need a solution. Mm. And sometimes it's not that simple. Uh, sometimes there's there's a lot of patience involved and there's a lot of trial and error involved. And I, I wish that people understood that more and were more willing to participate because part of it that's frustrating on our end as professionals is 
that when we ask you what's been happening and what have you been experiencing, we really want to know. Yeah. And I mean, we want to know everything. People give up on medications. They give up on therapy because they feel like it's not working or they don't like the side effects or, you know, there's something else that's contributing to them continuing to have the feelings that they're feeling. And we need to know all of those things in order to be able to progress forward and find, okay, well, this didn't work, so let's move on to this option. And let's just keep trying until we find the right solution. Um, so we want to do everything we can to keep people engaged and do that. You know, I wish that it was a one-stop shop and we could just check some boxes and do some lab work and all of the solutions in the world would come up. But when you're dealing with the ebbs and flows of life and people's emotions and everyone crisis is different for everyone. Everyone mm -hmm. feels things differently. Everyone interprets the world differently. There's not really a one size fits all solution. Yeah. Well, um, I think that is such a, a great way to frame that big picture situation. Right. But also I want to think just for a moment about, um, maybe it's not us, right. It may not be the woman who is listening. Maybe it is, and I hope that um, if it is, then your words were inspiring to her. But also it might be somebody in, in our lives, right, who's dealing with something. Often children, a family member, a friend. I have a, I have a good friend who came in the other day and said my friend just got, her friend got committed, someone I didn't know. And she's, you know, in, in my friend's mind was somebody who was perfectly fine, mm -hmm. right, and then had, got, had to go in for a very serious level of care. And so I would love to kind of just have a brief conversation about what that looks like when it's not you who's handling something and how to best handle that. So this is, this is something I've been thinking about a lot um, recently is that we, we, they're not easy conversations to have. Mm -hmm. It's an uncomfortable conversation to talk to somebody about whether, when you think that they're struggling, right? It's, it's not you know, it can come across as accusatory and come across to people as very offensive. If you kind of point out that things are a little obvious, um, to somebody else, but it's a conversation that's necessary. Um, and when you notice something in somebody else, okay, you can maybe the first time it happens, maybe excuse it as okay. Well, maybe there was something going on that day. There was something else, but if it sits with you, and it makes you really uncomfortable and you keep going back to that moment, trust that instinct and have the conversation. Start the conversation. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. The other person may not react well at first. But it's important to show that, show that you care to somebody else and let them know that there is a resource available to them whether you're the expert or you know what to do, even offering to be there and help them through that. And let me help you figure it out. I'll take you wherever you need to go. You tell me that's important, especially with our youth. We have so much happening with our, in the world and we live in such an overstimulated society anyways. And, you know, so much of our lives are lived out in public, which also exposes us to the opinions of others. Yeah. And the feedback of people that we don't know who have no connection to us. And that's kind of that anonymous kind of feedback sometimes can be harsh and cannot be fun to take in. And 
it's important for the people who are close to us and who do care about us to recognize when they've noticed something. You know, so I, I always tell people it's okay to, to ask somebody, circle back to them later on again and say, are you sure you're really okay? Oh. Are you sure? Because I noticed this and it just seemed a little off. Or you didn't quite seem like yourself today. Or yesterday you made this comment to me that I've never heard you say before and I'm just a little concerned that there might be something else to it. Uh, you know, if you don't want to talk about it right now, that's okay. I'm here for you. You can call me day or night, you know, whatever it is that you have to say to let them know that you're really just there, then however that works for you is however that works for you. But it's important to recognize that if it doesn't sit right with you, you know this person. Mm. This is somebody you care about and it's something that is making you concerned, then it's worth having the uncomfortable conversation. It's yeah. worth starting that conversation and offering to be that, that resource, that, that resource. So another thing that I've heard you say in the past is that everyone should go to therapy at one point in their life, right? So whether Absolutely. it is, um, you know, the example of recommending somebody that maybe this would be helpful to you, or if it's something that, you know, we as individuals or people who are listening to this, you know, that that is just a, a good experience, right? It's something to have experienced in your life. So can you talk about why you feel so strongly about that? Yes, absolutely. I do tell people all the time, everyone should be in therapy at least once in their life. <laughs> it is so, it's such a powerful experience to, to go through. Um, I've been through it myself more than once in my life for various things. And, and it is, it's so important because this is you seeking a professional who is a third party has no emotional attachment, has no emotional enmeshment in your life, doesn't know where you're coming from, is only looking at what you're bringing to them and is looking at the situation that you're bringing to them and is taking in the, the information from you, but also your body language, your how you're carrying yourself that day. And this is, again, it's a third party. So when a third party is reflecting back at you, this is what I'm noticing and here are the things that I'm seeing. Maybe we should explore this. It's in, it can sometimes open up your mind and your view on what's happening and where you're going and give you some really powerful and incredible insight into the things that you were probably already thinking of anyways. You just really weren't sure where to go and how to go about that. And then they can also give you tools. Mm. and kind of help lay out a plan for you that's going to work, that's going to make sense, that's going to be beneficial to you whenever you decide to enact it. Um, and I know people who, you know, they go, they do three, four sessions at a time, and then they're good for a year or two or six or ten, and then they're like, okay, my husband's stressing me out, or I've had a life change or I'm changing jobs or whatever and I just need somebody else to, mm. to bounce things off of and they'll go back into therapy. It, it truly is a very cathartic experience for folks because you get a lot of insight from somebody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your story, who doesn't, hasn't been there and experienced the ups and downs with you, mm. who hasn't seen how you process the world around you yet. And they're working on figuring that out with you. 
and helping you navigate whatever this thing is that you feel that you need them to help you navigate in. So it's, it really is, it's very, if nothing else, it's insightful and it gives you a place to go to only talk about what you want to talk about. I love, I honestly love that because it's like, it's just a chance to be selfish, right? And to just focus on whatever is important to you in that moment. Absolutely. And it's honest feedback. Mm. You know, it's going to be honest, professional feedback and honest ideas about what is probably going to work for you and what may not. Um, You know, and, and truly it is a place to be a little selfish because no one else in your life is in that room at the moment. And so there's no other influence on what the outcome is going to be or what the what the conversation is going to lead to, right? Yeah. It's just what you're bringing and what it is that you are feeling as a concern for yourself in that moment. So um, I, I think that's beautiful and it's a great way to kind of come to an end on a conversation around both our broad picture of mental health, but also, you know, just the day-to-day living, right? So the... Yeah. Not just the the things that you're dealing with every day, which are like real crisis related situations, but also just as women, the day to day mental health pressures, the sense of overwhelm. I mean, these are things that even though I am not a mental health expert, I feel like I hear about every day from women in our Mm -hmm. community, right? Whether it's um, business owners who are just like, ah, how do I do all of these things? I can't take it. Or mothers who are just overwhelmed, whatever it is. And I think reframing the way that we talk about those things, the something that you do so beautifully. And I'm grateful that you kind of shared your perspective, not just on what we can do, right, to care for ourselves, but also how can we look at the people around us, whether it's our children, our parents, our friend, and be in a place of service to them without necessarily inserting ourselves or honestly without being responsible, right? Right. So um, as we kind of come to an end of our conversation, I want to ask you if you had a message to share. So if there's something that you would want to kind of put out there into the world and for all the women who are listening to walk away with from this conversation, what would that be? So I'm going to steal from a colleague of mine that likes to say this, where um, she likes to say that, you know, at the end of the day, you go home and you take your clothes off and you change and, you know, you kick your shoes off, but you don't take your head off. It stays attached to your body. Your heart and your brain still function constantly all day long and are taking in all of the stimulus that you have in your life, whether it's good or bad. And it is very important that we take care of that just like we would take care of anything else. Mm. We would go to the doctor if we had an infection or if we had a flu or if we had a more serious medical condition. We need to recognize our behavioral and mental health the same way. We need that to function in the world and we need that to be able to do all the amazing, wonderful things that we want to do for all of the people in our lives and to continue to try to strive to be everything to everyone. Um, We really have to make sure that we also take that time and focus on ourselves. It is so important and whatever that is to you, whether that's taking a run or having a cup of tea or taking a long bath or watching some show on Netflix or on whatever streaming service you have, 
you know, whatever that takes for you to feel like you've had a moment to reset and to really recognize that the need for something else and when you recognize that need in someone else to have that difficult conversation and show to the people in your life that you not only love and respect them, but you love and respect yourself enough to take those things on and walk the walk and do the same things that you're asking them to do. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to end our conversation. Valerie, I'm so grateful to you. And again, Valerie is the director of the Care Center. It is the Crisis Assessment Intervention and Referral Center at Flagler Health Plus. Valerie, thank you again for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Kelly. I really appreciate it. And I hope everybody you know, is able to take away something from this today and, and really focus on themselves a bit. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the She Is Fierce podcast. Join our community of fierce female leaders and women on the rise who are ready to level up, make more money, find more joy, and make their mark in the world inside our She Is Fierce membership, our high-level CEO mastermind circle for entrepreneurs, or at one of our sold-out live events. Choose how you want to get involved at sheisfiercehq.com.